in the highlights today. Um, again, we'll dive more into the prayer part more than, than we've been this week. Um, the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 17, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. And so when we read that, we've, we've got to understand this, that there are certain things in my life that only prayer and fasting can get a breakthrough in the spirit realm. And so when you see prayer and fasting, you'll probably hear me mention this several times today, every one of us need to develop what I call a, a spiritual discipline, where we become disciplined spiritually and say, I'm, I'm going to hold fast to this, Father God. And I believe each one of us need to be, to be taught this and we just have this happen in every one of our lives to move forward this year. So we begin here in Isaiah chapter 56, verse 6. Also the sons of the former who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord to be his servants. Now it's clear, he, he's telling us, man, we, we, we got to love God and we got to be God's servant. And that means we're going to follow him. We're going to follow him with all our hearts. Everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath holds fast to my covenant. Even them I will bring to my holy mountain. I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted by my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. So Isaiah says here, we are to bring our forms of, of offerings and sacrifices before God. That's part of it. But it's interesting, he says, my house will be called a house of prayer. And if we went into the New Testament, the Lord Jesus, he quoted that himself in Matthew 21. He said, my house will be called a house of prayer. So we begin to see there's something through the prophet Isaiah and what the Lord Jesus said, that prayer's a big deal. Prayer's a big deal to Father God, always has been and always will be. Actually, the apostle Paul said in, in 1 Thessalonians, he said, Pray without ceasing. Pray constantly. The Passion Translation says, make your life a prayer. And so we're really, really going to highlight prayer today. You know what prayer is? Talking to Jesus. Just talking to Jesus. That's all we're going to learn to do today. So go to your right. You'll go through Jeremiah, then through Ezekiel, and you'll come into the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter number six. Now, we're going to be in Daniel the rest of the morning. The reason this is some of the greatest biblical illustrations of prayer are found through this guy named Daniel. And so the reason we're going there is see what we can learn from him. And I believe the scriptures will highlight some stuff. And my prayer, this, this will st uh, stir you to pray. And when we talk about prayer, it's our relational communication with God. It's how we connect with God. So when we talk about this guy named Daniel, when you, when you study his life, he was a Hebrew, he was Jewish, but he was taken into the Babylonians. They took him and they trained him up in the Babylonian customs. And so what they wanted to do, they wanted to squeeze the life of God out of him. They didn't want any identity with God at all, but it doesn't work. Something happens with this guy named Daniel at a young age that says, I'm going to serve God. And so Daniel begins to rise through the ranks. I mean, he, he begins to take off so much that the king promotes him and promotes him. But, but the Babylonians, they don't like it. 
They're mad. They're upset that this guy, this Jew, is, is progressing in the kingdom like he is. So we pick up with that thought here in Daniel chapter 6, verse 4. So the governors and the satraps, these were just the leaders, they sought to find some charges against Daniel concerning the kingdom. So they're going to they're gonna try to find some skeletons in his closets, what they're trying to do. But they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in Daniel. And so they, they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn him. And the Bible says he was faithful. He was uh, responsible. I mean, he, would, he wouldn't bow to, to any of the things, the peer pressures they tried to bring against him. Now, when you read this, the, the Lord said in John 16, he said, in this world, you're going to have some tribulations. You're going to have some adversities. You're going, you're going to have people come after you. So when you stand boldly for Jesus, living with criticism is part of your job description. You might, you might as well get ready. And so this is what happens. And so not only are they going after him, I, I believe they're jealous. Verse five. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find against concerning the law of his God. So they said, we're, we're going to go after him pertaining to his, his relationship with God. Now, how would you like to have this said about you? They're just too faithful to God. He's just, he's just too faithful to God. That, that could be one of the greatest compliments me or you could ever get. With people. They're just too faithful to God. And I believe this is what's happening. He's just too faithful to God. Verse 6, so these governors, the satraps, they thronged before the king and they said, thus them, King Darius, live forever. Now, in my paraphrased edition, you know what this is? These guys are a bunch of butt kissers is what they are. And that's all this is. So when you look at what's going on in your life and my life, we're either going to appeal to men or we're going to appeal to God. And you appeal to men, you're going to get the reward of a man. That's just taking shortcuts do things as unto God. And those are some of the characteristics about this guy named Daniel. Do you know the Bible says about Daniel whom the spirit of a holy God is? It said he had an excellent spirit. He had understanding. He had knowledge. He could interpret dreams and uh, uh, visions. And so he had quite a resume. Now that just didn't happen. When you have things said that about you, Man, those are huge compliments. I don't have to promote myself. God will promote you. Other people will see the fruit in your life. But this was his resume. And so many times I look at Daniel and say, man, he had a spirit of excellence. He was a man of knowledge. He did this, 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 and this. And so oftentimes I think, man, I want to do what Daniel did. I want to have some adventures like Daniel did. But do you want to do what Daniel did to get there? And so when you study his life, I'm, I'm telling you, man, he was under the gun for a long time. Verse 7, all the governors of the kingdom, the administrators, the satraps, the counselors, and advisors, they've consulted together to establish a royal statue and make a firm decree that whoever petitions. Now, this word petition right here, petition, it actually is the meaning of prayer. So we'll put prayer in there. Whoever prays to any God or any man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of the lions. Now, in those days when they said, we're going to cast you into the den of the lions, 
They weren't kidding. They weren't bluffing. Actually, it was a form of their entertainment. They, they really enjoyed watching this happen. So this was the petition they, they put into motion. And many believe here the reason they did that, that they knew Daniel's prayer habits. They knew his characteristics could be his point of vulnerability. So they said, we're going to go after him in this area. So just think this just for a second. So in your life, if you were told, if we catch you in the next 30 days praying to anyone or anything other than to this ungodly king, we're going to throw you in the lion's den. What would you do? See, it's easy to sit here where we're at and say, I'm not moved. But how many people would actually throw in the towel and say, I'm out? I, I, I don't want that. So we put ourselves in Daniel's shoes here just for a minute. Now we go to chapter 10 or verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, in other words, he knew the consequences. He went home in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times that day and he prayed and gave thanks before his God. Daniel made no attempt to hide that he was a man of prayer. He said, I'm not gonna hide. And if you notice, the Bible said he opened his windows. In other words, he wasn't a closet Christian. He came out and said, this is who I am. This is what I do. And so what you begin to see here, you'll see within this man named Daniel, he had sp uh, several spiritual disciplines in his life. So we go back and review. He opens his windows to heaven. Then the second thing said, he knelt down on his knees. It's how I fight my battles. He got on his knees three times that day. You know what the three times that day says to me? A spiritual discipline. He didn't write it on a calendar. He didn't have in his phone, remind me to pray today. He said in his heart, I'm going to pray three times. This is what I'm going to do. This is what a man of God does. I'm going to take time and I'm going to pray. And it says three times that day. And he prayed and he gave thanks and he worshiped before his God. He didn't worship before men. He wasn't trying to please men. But he worshiped before God. Now, look at the last little bit of verse number 10. And it says, as was his custom since early days. A spiritual discipline. Something got into this guy named Daniel at an early age. And he never let go. This is what he would always done. Daniel had a disciplined prayer life. And my choices and my decisions add up over time. And my choices, my decisions add up over time. They come in a way of a habit. Has prayer become a habit for you? Has prayer become my lifeline to God? I believe this is what happened to him. It wasn't we have to pray. It's like, I got to pray. I got to pray. And so you begin to see something take place within this guy right here. And, and one habit, this habit called prayer changed his entire story. 
And so I wonder this with every one of us in here. Is there just one spiritual habit this year, this one spiritual discipline that could possibly be changed your entire story? I believe God's wanting to do something with us. And so this is where we begin with this guy. And so you begin to see prayer was paramount in his life. Verse 11. Then these men assembled, found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. They catch him red-handed. He's busted. Now, there'd be a lot of things you could get thrown in the, the lion's den for. But to get thrown into the lion's den for praying? And so you know the rest of the story. They throw him in there, but God comes to his rescue. Now, turn over just a couple pages to chapter number 9. Chapter 9, as you're turning there again, what one discipline do you need to start so that you can write the story God wants you to write? And so if, if I don't develop these, these spiritual disciplines, it'll hijack your story. I'll never get to the story that God wants to write about my life. Chapter 9, verse 2, just another illustration of prayer. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books of the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would, he would accomplish 70 years in desolation of Jerusalem. He's been studying the Bible is what he's doing. He's trying to get insight. He's trying to get understanding. He's trying to get revelation knowledge. And he's heard of this prophecy of Jeremiah. And so Daniel teaches us that an appropriate response to all prophecy is to pray. When we get a pro we should pray about it. We should pray for understanding. We should pray to make sure it's right. And so he's hearing this prophecy of the prophet Jeremiah. And he said, man, I got to pray. I, I got to get some understanding. Verse 3. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Now there's a nugget all through here with this guy named Daniel. He's praying, he's fasting. Notice in the orders what he says. Prayer, supplication, fasting, with sackcloth and ashes. Anytime that you see sackcloth and ashes or burlap within the Old Testament, it means it was a form of repenting. So he comes before God. And not only is he fasting and praying, he's repenting. Now, if you were here last week, remember, this is Isaiah 58. This is the prayer that God desires. And you go back and study. He said, get your heart right in the way you worship. And then you got a sin problem and you got a transgression problem. And so right here, this, this puts it back in line again. That part of the area when we're praying, get my heart right. Repent. The greatest daily vitamin that we can probably take just to keep my heart tender. So he begins to fast. He begins to pray. He begins to repent. Verse 4. Now watch this. And I prayed to the Lord my God and I made confession. I made confession about my sin. And I said, O oh Lord, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. Now watch what he says. Verse 5. We have sinned. We have sinned. We as a church have sinned. 
We have a nation of sin. And we've committed iniquities. We as a church, we have a nation have done wickedly and rebelled, even departing from your precepts and your judgment. So not only is he fasting and praying, he's repenting of his sins and he's repenting of the sins of his nation. He's crying out. What this began to show me, it is incredibly powerful what one man or one woman that are so tuned into God can do. When I go before God, so part of this when I'm reading, this will jump out to you. Remember the Lord said in 2 Chronicles, he said, if my people who are called by my name would humble, fast, and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, I'll heal your land. So when he's fasting and praying, just like me and you, my prayers aren't just for me, not just for my family. And my prayers have the ability to take, take a whole church in a different direction, to take a whole nation in a different direction. And I believe this is part of the way God's wanting to stretch us to see your prayers are valuable. When you repent to God sincerely, they're powerful. God said, I'll heal your land. So we begin to see a change right here in, in his life. And I, I, got, I got to go before God, same chapter. Verse number 20. Now, while I was speaking, pleading, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. You know, one of the definitions of interceding, that's a form of prayer. It means to plead on behalf of another. I believe what he's doing right here is what the Bible says. We stand in the gap. That God is looking for men and women that will stand in the gap in their times of prayer. You become a watchman for the kingdom of God. And I, I, with all my heart, I, I believe God is raising up what I call gappers. Men and women that say, I'll stand in the gap. I'll pray. I'll pray. God's enlisting men and women of prayer. Verse 21. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel. Now, actually, the man Gabriel is not a man. Actually, the man Gabriel is an angel that appears like a man. Well, how's that happen? That's Hebrews 13, 2. Many of you have entertained angels and you weren't even aware of it. Read it. That's what it says. And so I, I think there's going to be times when we get to heaven, we're going to be shocked at the angelic visitation that was around us, and we didn't even know. We didn't even know what happened. Do you know, one year I was in Riodosa, and it had snowed, and I was trying to go up this steep hill, and, and I didn't have four-wheel driving. Over. I mean, I'm trying, and I'm trying, and I may be like some of you men, maybe some of you women, I'm a little stubborn. I was like, it's not going to win. I'm going to make it. And I mean, I'm giving to the gas, the car's going everywhere. And Shelly, she's just sitting there praying like, oh, Jesus, help him, help him. We can't make it. We're going to make it. Put your seatbelt on and be quiet. We're going to make it. I, I promise you, I, I do not know where he came from. But out of nowhere, this guy taps on my window. And I'm looking like, I rolled down my window and he said, 
you'll never make it up this way. He said, just back down the hill, go down here a few blocks and go back this way and you'll go right into it. I've wondered to this day if it wasn't a big angel because God said, he has no sense. He's got to have an angel move him because he's not going to go without an angel. Angels get busy because he's he's too stubborn at it. That had nothing to do with the man Gabriel. (laughs) So we get back to Gabriel, whom I'd seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly. He reached me about the time of the evening prayer, three o'clock. Now here he is again praying. I I believe this was his his spiritual discipline. This is what I do. How many of you in here have a physical discipline called eating? I don't have to be told when to eat. I'm pretty good at it. But what about prayer? What would happen if my prayer life was like the same reflex that my my eating is? Where I just say, man, I'm going to pray. Now, when we talk about praying, and I know the Apostle Paul said, pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean you're praying all day, 24 We can't do that, but I believe when it says pray without ceasing, it's little sentences through the day. When I'm going through the day and I get a hiccup or a speed bump, I say, Father God, I need your help. Father God, I need you. That's what he's talking about. I just include God throughout my day, day by day by day. So he's pleading, he's praying right here. And Gabriel informed me. And Gabriel talked with me and he said, oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. Anybody in here ever need understanding? I need understanding. So he has an encounter of a God kind right here. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out. And I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. So he's trying to gain knowledge. God sends him this angel. This angel begins to walking through things. It's so, it's so supernatural. I love stuff like this. Chapter 10. Verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. Now his Hebrew name, his Jewish name is Daniel. Belteshazzar is his Babylonian. They tried to change his name. Again, they didn't want his identity in God whatsoever. So that's who this is. They revealed to Daniel, his name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true. The message that you heard, Daniel, it was true. It's going to take place. But the appointed time was long. It's not going to happen when you think it is. Actually, it's going to be 70 years. And he understood the message, and he had understanding of the vision. So what happens here is he gets understanding. He gets revelation knowledge on this is what's going to begin to take place. It's good when you know biblically what's going to take place. How many in here know biblically Jesus is coming back? When? I don't know, but he's coming back. How do you know that? The Bible tells me so. We gain knowledge in that area. So he's gaining knowledge. Verse 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I was mourning 21 days. The mourning was because the continued reports of the state of Jerusalem. He's in mourning of what's taking place in his nation. Maybe we ought to go into mourning what's taking place in our nation. I don't say this ugly. 
I say this from my concern from my heart. America needs a touch of God. America needs revival. And that's just not going to happen. But what would happen if we begin to fast and pray and say, Father God, my concern, just like Daniel was concerned for his name, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. Hear our prayers, oh God. Hear them. Verse 3. I ate no pleasant food. Pleasant food was bread and delicacies. So he had no bread. He had no donuts. He had no Twinkies. He had no sugar. So we begin to see something here. I had no pleasant food. No meat nor wine came into my mouth. So he goes with no meat. And the reason he had no wine, because oftentimes in their days, their water source was contaminated, so they drank a lot of wine. And so even in this situation, he said, I'm not going to do this. So what you see right here is what is termed the Daniel fast. The Daniel fast is when you go without bread, sweets, or meat, and no drink for 21 days is how long he goes. That is a partial fast, but within a partial fast, there's incredible significance you're going to see. Well, that would be easy. Don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. I mean, that, that, that means no donuts, no sugar, no meat, no Big Mac, two off beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame bun. Some of you young ones said, what the crap did he just say? How I many of you remember? Hell, yeah, never mind. Let's just keep going. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all. And so when he talks about here as anointing, it has two meanings. He didn't put on any fragrant lotions, which those lotions were a sign of feasting and rejoicing. But one translation said he neither bathed nor shaved. So we see here for, for 21 days, he's on this Daniel fest. So he's not eating, he's not drinking anything but water, and, and then he's not bathing and he's not shaving. So what do you think he's doing all the time? Man, I believe he's, he's seeking God. He's calling out to God. Now, if you fast and that's all you do, that's just dieting, Okay. I got to get into the presence of God and I got to begin to seek him. And so through this passage right here, he has an encounter with another angel at the Tigris River. So this angel shows up again, same chapter, verse nine. Yet I heard the sound of his words and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. So this angel shows up. And he spread out on his face to the ground. It said he was like a deep sleep. It'd be like in Acts 10 with the apostle Peter. Peter was in a trance. A trance is kind of like a mini vision. I believe he's in a trance. God still moves in areas of trances. Those are encounters of a God kind. So he's all spread out. Now watch verse 10. This is incredible. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palm of my hands. This is how I fight my battles. I, I, I believe he's in prayer posture. I believe that's what he's doing. I mean, he's on his knees on the palm of his hands. 
And the angel said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for now I have been sent to you. While was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. So would we. Big old angel like that. I know, I know there's several in here that see angels. I, I've never seen an angel with, with these eyes, but I've sensed them. So when I was in here praying one day, this was a few years back, every time I'd get right back there in that back corner, it was almost like I would run into something. And it, it wouldn't be yucky, but man, it would, it would cause every hair on me to kind of stand up. I was like, oh my gosh. And it was, it was a good it wasn't a bad, it was a good. And every time I'd get around there, I'd think, man, there's gotta be an angel back there. So one day I was back in the back and I mentioned to one of the ladies who prayed with me, I said, yeah, I think there's a big angel that stands back there when I pray, I run into him. And she goes, nah, pastor, there's not one. She said, there's three big ones. They hang out right back there. And I said, really? And she said, yeah, man. I mean, she started going into description about what they look like. And I was like, oh yeah, I can see why he, he stood trembling. So would we. Those Holy Ghost goosebumps. Verse 12. Then the angel said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand, day one of 21, from the very first day you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself to fast before your God, your words were heard, and I've come because of your words. Now look what takes place here. The only reason this angel shows up is because he's a man who's, who's humbling, fasting, praying, seeking his face, and he said, I've come specifically because you're a man of prayer. But it's interesting, he said, from the very first day I heard your prayers. So why didn't he come the first day? Why did it take 21 days? Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. Now the prince of Persia is not an angel. It's a fallen angel. This is a demonic entity. When you see the word Persia, this is a demonic entity that is in the area what we call modern day Iran. So he has supernatural jurisdiction in that area, he thinks. Do you know, I personally believe this prince of Persia is still around right now. Because if you look biblically and you look in our society right now, what all is going on out of the nation of Iran? He's still around. And I don't say that to put fear on us, but I'm going to show you what you do when that happens, what begins to take place, there's spiritual warfare we do. And so this, this demonic entity, he said, he withstood me 21 days. So he's opposing this angel that's trying to give Daniel the answers. And he said, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. But look what happens. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princesses, and you may say, who's Michael. Michael's an archangel. Michael is bad to the bone. When Michael shows up, 
Hell gets his attention real quick. It's like, oh, it's Michael. If you want to study a little bit on Michael, go to the book of Jude. You'll see him in there. You'll see Michael in, I believe it's Revelation 17, incredible descriptions of Michael. Michael, man, he's the real deal. So Michael shows up. One of the chief princesses came to help me. So you know what they said? We're going to tag team him. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now this is one of the clearest Old Testament examples of demonic armies that tried to oppose God's purpose and, and the earthly struggles that are going on. But they can be affected by our prayers and our fasting. You know what I begin to see right here? When we begin to fast, we begin to pray, we get our hearts right. Those are forms of spiritual warfare. And it doesn't matter if it's the prince of Persia. It doesn't matter who they are. They have to bow to the name of Jesus. And remember the Lord Jesus said, and this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. And so when I look at my prayer life and my fasting, those are spiritual weapons. This is how... I fight my battle. And so when you look at the breakthrough that he got, Daniel didn't get a breakthrough when he polished off a dozen Krispy Kremes and drank a gallon of milk. His breakthrough came when he got on his knees and he was a man of prayer and a man of fasting and said, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to call out God. And so I believe there's many of us in here right now, we need breakthrough. But breakthrough just doesn't happen. And so God is, is saying, listen, you are in a spiritual battle. You can't stop fighting. And so when I begin to pray and fast, my prayer and fasting, it doesn't just impact me. And it doesn't just impact my family. And it doesn't just impact my, my, my marriage. And it doesn't just impact my city. And it doesn't just impact this church. But it can impact a whole nation. And I saw what one man who said, I'm going to live with a spiritual discipline. Why don't you stand up here with me? See, we all have a part in carrying out spiritual warfare. Every one of us. And great things in our life are done by a series of small things that are brought together. Remember what Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah said in Zechariah 14, he said, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And so I believe today, maybe, just maybe, the Lord's moving within us that he's wanting to stir within you some spiritual disciplines that become habits. Come on. That become habits. And every one of us, every assignment has a starting point. What do I mean by that? We all have to learn to pray. We all have, and I think many times, especially as us as men, we get, we get intimidated by prayer. You know what prayer is? Talking to Jesus. So I rewrite almost 40 years ago. I got around a man, and every time I got around him, you know what he'd say? Let me tell you what Jesus has been telling me. Some of the stuff he'd tell me, I'd look at him and think, how'd he know that? And then the next week I'd see him and he'd say, let me tell you, let, let me tell you what Jesus has been telling me. And I thought, 
crud. He must be talking to Shelly. He knows too much about me. And then he invited me to start praying with him. And for the next three or four years, he was stationed at Cannon Air Force Base there in Clovis. Every Sunday morning and Wednesday evening, I got to pray with this guy. And, and I literally watched his prayer. He just talked to Jesus. His voice didn't change. He didn't become all religious. Our Father. He just talked to Jesus. And I began to look and I thought, I want to have encounters with Jesus like he did. But do I want to do what he did to get there? And this guy had incredible spiritual disciplines that had become habits in his life. And the greatest habit that he had was, you know what? Prayer is my lifeline to God. I can't go without praying. And so as our team gets ready to sing here today, I, I believe God's birthing something in our hearts right now. Maybe he's stirring up an appetite with you to pray right now. Maybe you've never prayed. Maybe you used to pray and you quit praying and God said, come on, come on. I'm still re-enlisting uh, re uh, re soldiers in my army. But there's certain things in your life and my life, they do not happen without prayer and fasting. So what would happen this morning here? If we said, Father God, I'm re-enlisted. I'm, I'm coming to the things of God. I'm going to be a man and woman, a prayer. I'm going to stand. And I can just tell you this right now. In my times of prayer, the Lord had said, 2024 will be a year of breakthrough. It'll be a year of breakthrough. But he said to only those who will fight. If you're not willing to fight, don't worry about it, okay? How do we fight? We fight with our spiritual weapons. We got to pray, okay? And so I, I welcome you today to say, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm not going to be a closet Christian. I'm all in. I, I ask, Father God, that you would move within me. That same heart that was on Daniel, filled with the Holy Spirit today, Lord. And so as they begin to sing, I, I welcome you. And I believe God's wanting to challenge us right now. Go ahead, guys.